Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. I am your host, Corey O'Flanagan. And as always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you're listening, you know how to subscribe to podcasts, so subscribe to this one. We'd appreciate it, and maybe even tell a friend about it. On the show today, we have the lovely and talented Bailey Bryan. Bailey is only 22 years old, but has already been around the Nashville music scene for seven years. I talked to her about shedding her country pop skin to finding her sensitive bad bitch side and how her new music reflects that. We go over some of her songs, old and new, and she performs her latest hit, Play With Me, as a stripped-down acoustic tune live on the show. So please, please, please enjoy Miss Bailey Bryan. Don't make me act like I don't want you, cause I really want you. How did you end up in Nashville, and especially at 15? So I'd just love to start with hearing about that journey, because I can't believe that you're only 22 years old and you have seven years under your belt in the industry. You've pretty much got a career already. Dude, I'm so so glad I started coming here at 15, too, because I feel like had I had I came here like at 18 being only 22 now like I would still have I mean I have no idea what I'm doing but I would like (laughs) really have no idea what I'm doing and who I am as an artist or my sound like I thought I knew what I wanted to do when I came here and like now at almost 23 I'm like okay I feel like I I can feel confident in my sound because I've had like seven years of trial and error already and I'm still just getting started but um I, so I'm from Washington State, a really small town called Squim, Washington. East Washington? No, it's like Pacific Northwest. Okay. Yeah, like the Olympic Peninsula. I just tell people I'm from Seattle because nobody's ever heard of a Squim. Um, Yeah, no, no one has heard of that. But people have heard of the Olympic Peninsula, which is a beautiful part of the country. It's like the twilight. (laughs) is what I call it. Um, but yeah, that's the area that I'm from uh, with all the rain and the beaches and trees and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, that's where I grew up and I love it there. Um, I think it's like the most beautiful place in America. But um, I, my family, I'm like trying to figure out how far back I want to go. Well, you wrote your first song at four. So we, can we start there? <laughs> oh, you want to know about Pickles in the Forest? My yes. name is Matt when I was four years old in the bathtub. I'm so glad you brought it up. <laughs> my parents' favorite story to tell. The Yeah, the first song I ever wrote, if we're going back to four, was um, called Pickles in the Forest. And it went, pickles in the forest, pickles in the forest. Oh, how funny I can be. That was the entire song. You didn't even steal a melody. It was your own melody. That's incredible. It's hard. No, it sounds like I probably ripped it off of like a TV jingle for like carpet cleaner or something at some point, but nobody remembers that. Nah, so it's under- claim it. I'll claim it. I'll claim it. You're right. Good. You're right. Um, yeah, 100% original. That was the start of my songwriting journey. Um, but when I was, and really like all I've ever wanted to do is write songs. Like music has always been the only thing that I'm good at. So I feel like through just kind of like, claiming that and like everyone in my family who's not musical by the way no one in my family like really does music but they saw that in me oh that's the only thing you're good at okay we're gonna we're gonna support you and like foster (laughs) that in you rather than like try to make you get an a in math class because that was very quickly um, i doubt that bailey you're really personable too oh thanks i appreciate that (laughs) um i wasn't as a child i was really shy um 
and I think music was like the the first way that I learned how to like express myself that I like okay. felt comfortable. I felt comfortable being in front of people and talking to people um, if I was like singing or performing. But if it was like, hi, how are you, Bailey? I was like, <laughs> but then like I choreographed a dance and I wanted to show like all my parents and their friends that they had over. And that was like no sweat. So, OK, let me, was, you're going to get to the story eventually, but I'm, I got to guess now, did you are you taking on personas then? So you're comfortable at that time anyway, not being you, but you're comfortable like, oh, I'm just doing a performance now. That's completely different than who I am. Yeah, in a way. Or, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've I've always felt very, like, everything I do to the core, like, the lyrics I write, the way I perform, like, the shit I talk about on social media. Like, I've always felt like it's very, like, almost like too authentic like I'm gonna overshare and that's how the only way I know how to connect but I feel like if it's through music or like something that I've like planned it feels safer because I can kind of like frame it however I want it yep I think that was the thing that made me feel safe about it it was like here's me but here is like the exact version of me that I want you to see got it and I don't really know why that's like that was like an issue for me growing up as a child. I should go to therapy or something. But to me, like I was super shy and that was like I feel safe doing this for some reason. Hmm. But um, when I was when I was like 12, I became obsessed with Taylor Swift and that's when I got my first guitar. And that's when I started um, like really writing music, I think, like aside from Pickles in the Forest. Um and then that I, I've learned that she got discovered in Nashville, Tennessee. I learned she played music at the Bluebird Cafe. Somebody saw her. It was smooth sailing from there. Mm -hmm. It was my the story. So around that time was when I like already kind of had my sights set on Nashville. I was like, this is this is where I want to go. Like this is where I'm going to go, and I'm going to be the next Taylor Swift. And crazy. I guess coincidence a couple years later my family reconnected with a family friend who had moved from Washington to Nashville to start a publishing company and she came back um to visit home and I got to play her some of my songs and she basically invited me and my family to Nashville for a couple weeks for me to like do some co-writes like get in the studio like see if I actually like doing music as a career yeah essentially and she was like if it goes well like if you don't suck if you like it like we'll sign you to our publishing company it was just getting started at the time um it went well and by the end of that trip when I was 15 I signed my first publishing deal in Nashville and I was like an official songwriter I still don't know how it wasn't good the songs weren't good at that point I <laughs> that was like less than five minutes long. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but I guess for a 15 year old, it was like, this is a good start. Like we'll take a chance on you. Like this could turn out well. Um, so that was, that was how I ended up in Nashville. And from the age of 15 to 17, I just traveled back and forth from Squim to Nashville, like every few months to write songs, build my portfolio, kind of just like get my build my foundation as a songwriter and yeah. then around the time that I was like 17 that was when it was kind of like okay well like I mean you've written a hell of songs you've made some connections here like there's as much of like a buzz about you as there can be for someone who doesn't live in Nashville like nobody knew who I was but it was like you you've made some connections with other writers and stuff this is kind of the point where it's like you could move to Nashville like your family could come like get you settled just like really dive into the career. Like now's the time to do it or wait until you're 18, you graduate high school and swim and then come to Nashville by yourself and just like figure it out. Um, and I still don't know why but my family was like, we'll go with you. Let's go. Wow. Let's all just Nashville for a second. You're 17. Like I think they, I mean, the music industry is scary whether you know about it or not, but for them, like they're like personal trainers. They owned a anytime fitness in Squim. Like that was that's their bag. Like that's what they do. That's what they're good at. They're not like yeah. industry music people. They also aren't the parents that like want their kid to be famous so bad. They like just wanted me to be happy and use my gift. So they were like, We'll come with you. Like this is really freaking scary. We'll try and help you 
get settled, get comfortable, get like a real team around you. And so they, they moved with me, my mom, my dad, my little brother, we, they were in Nashville for probably seven or eight months. I turned 18, I graduated uh, high school online. And then they were like, are you good? Cause wow. uh, we're gonna, we wanna go back to the Northwest. <laughs> we got settled in the South and we, we, are, we are ready to go if you are okay. And I was like, I mean, I was just 18. I was like, sure, I'm an adult. Absolutely, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and that was, it was at that point that I feel like I just kind of started growing up really fast. And that's, I mean, you don't have any choice. You just got thrown into the deep end at that yeah. point. So I got to ask then, was one of the first songs that um, this family friend heard, was it Own It? Without GPS, I'm helpless, but I'm not gonna stress. I'm such a beautiful mess. Who cares what they say? No, I hadn't written on it yet. Okay. When she heard it, I wrote Own It on like my first or second trip to Nashville. I was 16 when I wrote Own It. Okay, so, so I'm wondering, does that song kind of summarize who you were at that time? Because you're, you've obviously gone through a major transition into what your yeah. sound is and stuff. And I, I want to get into that down the road. But I kind of wanted to start here with Own It. Is that what you had in mind at that time of like, this is who I want to be. This is the sound that I want to have. This is what I want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I think at the time when I wrote it, it was very much, I was like, this is, this is the vein. This is where I want to be. It's like a little bit pop country. It's, it's a good message. It's, it's interesting. Like still the, like what I talked about in the song, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm a totally different person, but then I listen to the lyrics and I'm like, nah, I've been this, like I've been the, like an eclectic fucking all over the place right. like messy but like owning my shit type of person from the jump i guess when i go back to listen to it but sonically i to be honest like in retrospect i feel like i grew out of that sound very quickly yeah and you be gradual and consistent with the music you release so you don't hear that growth until probably my next project you just start to hear it um yep the one that I released in like 2018, 2019. Um, but I like, that was my first single I put out. And I remembered when we were going to put it out, like, I'm so glad I released it. Like, I, I love the way that my musical journey is like documented through like the differences in the songs that I released. Yeah. But I remember when we were trying to decide after I signed my, my record deal and we were just trying to decide what my first single was, everybody was like, own it, own it, own it. And I, there was a different song that I think I still I still never put out that I was like, this feels a little more mature. Like it's it was a little more pop even. And I was like, this could be a cool first single. And everyone was just like, own it. And I was like, okay. I mean, this show, this is the foundation. This is like what I this is what I signed my deal from was yeah. own it. Like that's the song that got me like the team that I have around me now still today. Um, so we put it out, but it's so especially during that time, my taste was changing so rapidly. Like nothing I was putting out felt like me in the moment. Do you like going back and listening to it? I'm always curious about that because I don't even, I don't even know if I go back and listen to podcasts from a month ago. <laughs> no, God, I, not, I, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I do not. It's like something my friends will play to like give me a hard time if we're like, drinking at my house that's you know perfect. that's perfect <laughs> like they, they genuinely like the song and i'm like please don't please i don't know her i don't know who sings this yeah. song that that the voice i'm hearing it's mainly like the voice the vocals that i'm like oh oh god I would, so, I would so be that dick friend of yours that would just be like guys everyone just calm down for a second I've got a song that we all just got to listen to together. And this is, we're just going to rage after this. <laughs> That's all my friends. That's, oh man. Good. You're around good people then. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for the reminder. Thanks for reminding me where I come from. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it seems like, so this person who first moved to Nashville has transitioned. And like I said before, the fact that you're 22 and can look back that you wrote this hit song five years ago and you've changed so much now. And now you're, you're finding this new sound, which I think I've, I've talked about this before with other people, but you can hear it as a listener. You can hear when somebody's authentic versus trying to be something. Yeah. Even if you can't see them like in a video or you've seen them perform live, you can, it just comes through and you're just like, this is, this is just them, this person being themselves and expressing themselves artistically. And I think that your newer stuff is definitely who you are at this time, but don't, you know, don't be afraid. Life's all about change and growth. So nothing just kind of plateaus. That would be who wants to do that for 50 years. Um, but it kind of seems as though you're like anyone else that's going from their late teens into their 20s, still discovering yourself and your sound. And I see the tag sensitive bad bitch next to your name when reading up on you. And I'm wondering, what does that moniker mean to you? It is. It means a lot of things to me. It's kind of the genre that I've kind of created for myself as I kind of entered into pop music. The whole thing when I was doing country was, are you pop? Are you country? Like, how would you describe this? What are your influences? You don't really fit in any boxes. Like, while like, I, I love that I got to build my foundation in country music. I think it's the reason that I pay so much attention to my lyrics today. Like it's, it was an important part for me, like learning how to be an artist, but the, the thing that I came out of country music really bitter about was genre, like fitting into a box, labeling yourself within like the terms that they give you. Like that was my biggest frustration. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to choose. Is the song cool? Do you like it? That's all that matters then. Can yep. we leave it there? I, I sat in so many meeting rooms. They're like, well, what, like how, what's your brand? Like, what's your this or that? Like, Tell us which boxes you fit into. And I'm like, why? What? Why are there all these categories? Is it good or is it bad? Why? That's all that should matter. Um, There's a recipe, so though. There's a recipe and they want to stick to it because they it'll work until it doesn't. And I understand. I, I get it, too. Like, it wasn't like a I'm mad at anyone or anything specific. Like, I respect the way that the genre works there's definitely like a reason why it works and it's because you can tell when it's country or when someone's country or whatever but going into like pop music like making like pop r&b stuff like i still don't feel like i fit in like one specific vein and that's the that's the beauty of being a pop music it's just popular music so you don't really have to as much but yeah people still ask you like what's your brand like are you the sad girl are you the angry girl are you the sexy girl are you the funny girl i'm like yes what time and is it no yeah. i'm like is it okay i don't know like ask me tomorrow like all all of the above at once probably yeah um and you know i feel like it's very i i make music that all i i think it usually right now has kind of a tinge of like confidence and like self-love undertones even if i'm talking about something sad or like being kind of hurt or disappointed in a dude or whatever like it always kind of comes back to like I know what I got to do for myself. I'm going to do it. Um, but I'm very emotional. But I feel like the um, be like the whole bad bitch, independent, like I got me mentality is like so popular in music right now. Um, and I feel like my music lends itself to that. But I feel like it's often like the super emotional side and the admitting when your feelings are hurt and the admitting mm -hmm. when you, you need someone or you need to cry or you need you need to just like admit the hard parts of your emotions too. That's often like, I feel like not included or acknowledged in the bad bitch community. So like I spent a long time when I was trying to just figure out what my sound was and what are the things I want to talk about in this next chapter. A lot of time thinking like, well, I identify with this whole like bad bitch world, but I feel like I'm disqualified because I also cry many times a week. Like I also, um, and like incredibly sensitive and they don't tell you that you can be sensitive and be a bad bitch at the same time. And I was like, eh, that's the music I make then. Yeah. Like that, why not just create a category for everyone who feels that way, which is probably everyone because like 
as people, as women, like we're multidimensional. Like the world really makes you feel like you got to pick a lane, you know, like you got to dumb yourself down. Otherwise people won't understand. Like you're going to look crazy if you like have all these emotions and you say you're strong and independent, but then you're crying on your TikTok. Hello, that's me. Um, <laughs> and I just like, I don't want to do that. I was like, I'm not doing boxes again. So I'll make one that can literally encompass all of the things that I feel like I am in my music. So I, I just started saying I make sensitive bad bitch music so that when people ask, they're like, well, is it like, is it r and I'm like, it's sensitive bad bitch music. Yeah. So it's pop. Like, consider yourself like a, like a, I don't know who, who sings pop music. I don't fucking know. Uh, Demi Lovato. Like, no, I'm a <laughs> bad bitch. It's what it, and it's more on like the subject matter of the music than the, sonics because that's i i think when i'm making music i definitely like try to fit the production and the sonics of it to what the song is actually saying and how i want it how i want to make people feel rather than like okay i gotta make it sound like this genre that i've prescribed to like no make it sound how it's how you want it to feel how you want people to feel when they hear it Stay tuned for more Song Facts Podcast right after this. Ever wonder how my voice is bouncing off your eardrums so clean and crispy? No? Well, let me tell you anyway. The Lyra Microphone by AKG brings their legendary acoustic engineering to a versatile USB mic that delivers the highest quality audio in its class. USB connection. This is good for me because of the simplicity and the ability to just plug and play without an interface. You may have gathered from various episodes that I am doing this show on the road, so being that I record most interviews in a different location than the last, it is good for me to know that I have a high-quality, easy-to-transport-and-use USB mic like the Lyra to make sure my sound is clean. Whether you're like me and recording a podcast, a musician recording vocals or an instrument, or if you need to do a voiceover for a YouTube channel, Lyra's innovative AKG Adaptive Capsule Array adapts to your performance to record pristine audio. It has four versatile capture modes. What's a capture mode, you ask? That is how the mic picks up your voice. Just trust me, with these four options, it's really all you're going to need. With AKG Lyra, you'll be up and running in no time, no matter your experience level. There's no assembly, no need for separate audio interface, no fiddling with software settings. It just works right out of the box. And Lyra is something that is compatible with Windows, Mac, iOS, and Android devices, and all major recording softwares. So... If you're looking for a mic that offers ease of use along with a high-quality sound, check out the AKG Lyra and look no further. Yeah. Do you get nervous at all that if you're in three, four years, you want to move on to something else and make different music that you'd feel pigeonholed by creating this? Or do you think like, who cares? I'll just keep doing what I want. If people want it, like what you said, like if the song's good, who fucking cares what genre yeah. it is? People are going to buy it and they're going to want to listen to it. And I think that that's probably the right mentality. But I ever wonder if you're just like, I mean, I think that life is just constant change and you need to be yeah. open to growth and continuing to evolve as a person. And so like who I was at 22 is completely different than who I am today. And I'm so grateful for that because yeah if you got stuck in that rut, I mean, that's the person that's sitting there talking about, you know, I was quarterback of my high school football team. And it's like, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. You don't. Oh God. I don't (laughs) want to be that guy. And like, I mean, I think I'm, I'm the perfect example of how life has just changed. And if you're, if you're authentic about that change you're going through, then it works out. Like, it's I was I a little bit nervous about like shifting genres and kind of trying to create this new brand for myself like kind of but it wasn't forced it was just like this is this is where I'm at and I'm just doing it so that's kind of that's my plan and I feel like the whole sensitive bad bitch thing the beautiful thing about it is that it's very open to interpretation and very like you can fit themes into it like if i like i just put out a sensitive version of my song play with me when i start moving on 
could be a liar with a snake or but still an angel i'm unstable when you turn me on so i'ma have to go and set you back to do not disturb because i can't relax you ghost and then you have to have the last word so tell me why you thinking you can't come around me with all this different always switching in It's just like slower and sadder and kind of fits like how I how I've kind of been feeling the last few weeks. And I'm like, this is the sensitive version, but it's still sensitive, bad bitch music, you know? Yeah. And we're going to circle back to that song because I'm really excited that you're actually going to do it for us on the show. Um, but I've got another question. Mm -hmm. Just kind of so I read something and I related to it and I wanted to ask you about it. So I had read that you had a bad breakup, I don't know when, a couple of years ago or something like that. And that during this time, you had some like writer's block where you, nothing was like coming out. You weren't churning out any songs. And I can relate to that to a certain extent because I've gone through a pretty rough heartbreak. And at the time, I was more musical than I am now. I was, I had been playing in like a two-piece band and we'd been just doing some like singy songwriter and then like just some guitar with a loop pedal and drum stuff. And I felt like I should have been able to like get some songs out of that because I'd never experienced heartbreak before. And I was just like, this is just what people who are good songwriters do in these times and nothing mm -hmm. came. And I kind of beat myself up a little bit over it. Ooh. And I was wondering if you being a pro versus me, just someone who's like skipping along the street trying to write some music, if you found yourself worrying when the songs weren't coming out during that time. Oh, I feel worried every time I feel writer's block. And that was mm -hmm. a specific, like really difficult turning point for me. Def and like typically I do feel more inspired when I'm like going through some shit. Yeah. But. I, I remember that time. I think there were other things coming into play. Like I was severely depressed. Um, I didn't feel motivated to like figure anything out. Like, yeah. and it, it was just because of that relationship. I think the relationship partially ended because I was depressed to begin with. So it was like, I, I, yeah, I, I thought I wasn't going to get through it. Like I was like, I'm not going to write a song that I like ever again I don't even have anything to say about this period of time and I didn't I didn't write a lot about that breakup to be honest like I after that breakup was kind of when I started writing the more confident stuff like once I got through the 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 writer's block depression-y phase it was yeah. like I'm trying to hype myself up and then I started like dating around and then and then I had way more to say about like the situation the like 10 minute long situation ships that I was experiencing for the first time. Like, I don't know. I think sometimes as an artist, you, uh, you almost feel pressure when you go through heartbreak to like, all right, I got to turn this into something. I got to write about this when it's You'd really be like, like Tay Tay would do it. Tay Tay would turn this into a fucking hit. It would <laughs> life. I didn't have it. But I think it's like, you have to think about like, well, what do I really need to be inspired by right now? And I, the, the relationship was actually secondary, even though it was like a big thing for me, it was actually like secondary to the, the growth that I was needing to experience with myself and like the healing I needed to do in my relationship with myself. So that's once I kind of became honest about that, like that's when I got inspired again. Yeah, good. Well, I'm glad that you put you pushed through because I think a lot of people might have hit that. And especially like, if you feel like the well is dry, and you're at this low point, you got kind yeah. of like two ways to go. You you chose to dig yourself out. Other people will just be like, well, this is just it. Uh, it's over. I'm going to move back to Washington and, and, and call it. And oh. thank goodness you didn't do that. And just like you can always look back at that and be like, I've been here. I've been to this low point before and I got out of it so I can do it again. But OK, I'm going to jump into my next question. And so you've come out of that time and it seems like what you were saying before your writing has kind of hit a new level and so i want to ask about a really specific song i want to ask about sober so you never ever go there again i don't blame you because i am where you've been i'm just tripping on the taste of your lips gonna have to say goodbye before tonight 
gon' cry about it Just gon' put someone about it I'm gonna need some closure But right now I need you closer I waited my life to find it And now it's just messed up time Because um, I think we can all relate to something in life happening But it's not the right time And so take me take me into the writing of the song what inspired it and what's the what is the meaning of sober as it relates to this song the meaning of sober in like like the broad strokes like press release version is that it's it's really about how being in love with the wrong person feels like being drunk i think like that's the metaphor of yeah. the whole thing to me like you could listen to it and be like oh this is about like a drunk hookup you know is bad for you to me it was less about like a, that specific situation and more about like being in the moment with someone and like looking at them and being like oh fuck, like, i love you but like you already know the reason that's not gonna work like and if you have that in you then like you know that it's not gonna work you know um and how like but you're in it you already have the feelings you like you know you might regret it you know like it might wreck you a little bit similar to like being trashed um you're like this might hurt in the morning you know but in the moment you have those feelings you just want to dive deep into that you just want to make it last as long as you can and I um I was a lot of the songs on this project that are coming up are inspired by like a specific kind of situationship that I was like in and out of for you like just made a, a word you just created a word situationship you haven't heard no, because I've been going the opposite. I've been abbreviating everything, and you're extending now. Oh, you were, you're calling it like a situation, a relation. Yeah. I'm <laughs> a situationship is an amazing word. About the situation. It needs a whole word. Okay? <laughs> I how it felt. No, it was like I was in and out of this situationship. It was like the only kind of relationship I had after this like really big breakup that you know, prompted all this self-love and growth. And it was like so many reasons why neither of us could fully commit. So it was also like a year of my life where I was experiencing what it was like to be single, but still like kind of be in love with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I got so many songs out of it. So many songs. Um, my, the Sacramento line in my other song, Fresh Start that I released is about the same thing. And that was like part of it. Like he was leaving Nashville it's like, wait, I know this is going to work. We neither of us wanted to do long distance. Um, and yeah, it was, I remember like one night we were like in his living room and we were like drinking some wine and we were just like talking and laughing. And like, he was like singing karaoke on the TV and it like, he was like just pulling up the lyrics to songs and just like singing karaoke. And I was just looking at this dude. I was like, you're precious. Like, I love you. This stuff. I'm like so happy and so sad at the same time. And that was like the moment when I had the idea for the song. Um, and then we came out with this music video that's literally like pretty much me in a living room with this dude and we're like singing karaoke and stuff. I'm very literal. No, that's a good thing. My ideas, but um, yeah, that's how that's how that was born. The pretty much the situation described, like I, I had I had the idea when I was like sitting there I mean, it, it is literal, but it's also, I mean, so like, like I said, sober is a metaphor within the song. So it can, and like you said, it can be interpreted as like a one night stand. It can be interpreted as sitting somewhere. I've always said to friends of mine that are like single and feeling lonely. I'm like, you know, what's lonelier than sitting there alone on a Wednesday night is sitting there next to somebody that you don't want to be there with. Yes, sir. Go so, off. Yeah, I mean, just that, that's the kind of it's all about perspective at that kind of thing. And it's a great song and it just kind of shows your growth, I think, as a songwriter that coming and just finding these life, you know, 22, you, you're starting to experience some more of life, especially since yeah. you're seven years into a career, four years into living on your own. And um, and it's going to just keep growing. So it's going to be exciting to see where it goes. I'm sure that you're just like. It's got to be exciting to write something like that and be like, "Ooh, I didn't know I had that in me. Where's this going to go next? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, bring it on, life. Yeah. Bring on experiences. I do. I get. This is going to make me sound 
a certain way. I not that I get excited when I experience heartbreak, but I do. It does like now. It now that I feel like I've gained more of like a sense of myself and self love, and I know how to like learn about myself through different situations. I feel a special kind of motivation when I'm experiencing those emotions. You know, when I'm feeling rejection or confusion about a relationship, I'm like the way that I cope with the uncertainty is knowing that I can like at least turn it into something and I yeah. can, I can, use it as an, I can use it as a opportunity to kind of like boss up in myself and like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to find more confidence through this rather Good. than like, it's yeah. funny because I talked to this, uh, this singer and songwriter in New York named Maud Latour. And she was telling me about a, a situation that she was in with a, with an ex-boyfriend where they were like in their breakup fight, and in the mm. middle of it, he said something to her and she just like hand up in the face, got her phone out, made a note. And he's like, that's going to be a fucking song, isn't it? And she Wait. was like, maybe. Where are we? What were we just fucking I, talking about? I did that. I literally did that <laughs> two and a half weeks ago. I went through a bit of a breakup. Um, <laughs> we're figuring it out. But like, <laughs> I, I did that. We were talking. We were like ending the relationship. And I was like. I said something actually to him. I was like going off and I was like, oh, I got to write that down. I got to write that down. <laughs> he was like, can you please not write about this? I was like, do you know who you're, who you've been dating? <laughs> you're, you're, you're not write about this. That's very cute, sir. Absolutely. I'm going to write about it. You don't, you can't take that away from me. That's all I have at this point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. You got to get some sort of like non-disclosure agreement that you got to have guys sign. If it's like, it's getting a little bit serious. This might turn into a song. I'm going to need you to sign here and initial here. Yeah. No, I, they just know that going in. Like they better ask me to sign something if they, if they want to guarantee that it's not going in a song. And that's it. That, that's actually that. a, that's, that's smarter on their end. Um, okay, so you just released a song last summer, which I think is right now starting to just get crazy on TikTok. Um, yeah. Play with me, um, and I'm. This is this is just kind of to me when I hear this. This is like authentic, who Bailey Bryan is today, and clearly it's a warning to all the boys out there. And you're gonna you're gonna perform this for us but first yeah. where did this song start and how did it get to where it is now you know what's so crazy is that I wrote the song because this was you know this was in my my year of like singleness discovering myself in between this situationship whatever um it's not about the dude that I wrote most of the other songs about on the project it's about some other dude who I was like kind of talking to didn't even like it that much, but uh, he sent me a you up text at like <laughs> eleven thirty at night on a Wednesday, and sent me a you up text, which like whatever, shoot your shot, man. Like I had texted him like earlier in the day, and he didn't reply all day, and then he sent me a you up text, and I was like, I am not, I am not, I'm not the one, I'm not the girl you do that to. I am, I am. You text back in an hour, or you don't hear from me again. Like that's how I was. Like I was feeling myself on that level the at the moment. The bad bitch was out. The bad bitch was out. Was so sensitivity was out the window. It was all bad bitch. <laughs> For some reason, he texted me at the wrong time. Um, I was not in the mood to be like, oh, it's okay. Like, how was your day? And like, sure. Like, do you want to want to watch a movie? Absolutely not. Um, also, he definitely was not trying to watch a movie. But um, instead of texting it back. Like, I was like, this is funny. This is hilarious. I'm irritated. I'm going to pick on my guitar. And I wrote the first half of Play With Me on my guitar. And we released it in the summer. And you know, it, it did. I was super happy with how well it did initially, just for it being like my first pop release. I was like, great, people are seeing this. It's making them feel like confident. Like, this is very dope. I'm so excited. And um and it wasn't that deep to me, like the meaning of it. It was just like, this is a perfect, like, first pop song for me to put out. And I, I loved it. Like, I loved, like, the confident vibes. Um, but uh, then, like, two and a half weeks ago or something, something like that, I went through the breakup situation that I just mentioned to you. Um, 
and it was hard and it put me uh, further into my feelings than I've been in a moment. We shifted from mostly bad bitch to mostly sensitive mm-hmm. to that side of the spectrum, um, which is fine. Like I embrace that. I embrace those feelings. I get a little excited about the heartbreak, but um, this was like the morning after I like had this conversation with this man that I was dating and we decided to break things off. I woke up. And I pretty much just like started crying, like I day of crying, here we go. Um, And then I got a text, I was still in bed, I got a text from my manager. And it was a TikTok that this girl named Hope posted. And it was her in her car, she was blasting play with me. Um, And she said, she was like yelling, she was like, listen, ladies, if you're sad about a stupid boy, turn on play with me by Bailey Bryan and remember who the fuck you are. And then she blasted even more and she started singing the, Ooh, you want to ride the wave with me? And I'm watching that like, cause it was like starting to blow up a little bit on TikTok, and it was just a great TikTok. I'm watching this tears streaming down my face in bed. Like the least like remember a boy too. <laughs> moment about a stupid boy. Like literally <laughs> I needed this TikTok. Like I'm the per she made this for me and she didn't even know. So I was like, this is too ironic. Like this is hilarious. I was like, might as well take advantage of the irony. I just like put up my phone, still just crying, like clearly been crying. And I duetted her TikTok. And she's like, if you're crying about a stupid boy, and I was like, I am. She was like, put on play with me with Bailey Bryan, remember who the fuck you are. I was like, I'm Bailey Bryan. That was the TikTok. She remember who you are. I'm like, I'm the person that wrote the song and I'm crying over a stupid boy. Um, and I posted it and it I mean it blew up more than anything I've ever done has blown up before. Like wow. the the TikTok absolutely viral for by my standards. And the song, like the song got almost a hundred thousand streams just yesterday. Like Damn. it it's cra- it's crazy to me. Like I'm Every day I like I see a new statistic or a new playlist it's on and like my day is absolutely made and the coolest thing about it that just makes it like it just makes the song so much more authentic to me that I got to go through something like that and experience like I got to be encouraged by the song the way that other girls have been set like so many people like people would message me being like I'm going through the worst breakup of my life and like your song reminded me like of my worth and I'm like oh that's great I wrote it about like a you up text like that's yeah. funny that's cool that it's like helping you in this way but then like I was going through it and somebody else used my song to encourage me and she didn't even mean to and like now it's doing that for so many people and like I got to relate to people who actually really needed to hear the song because I was in that place. And I think that's the reason that it's like getting the hype that it's getting now. Like everything I do, the more authentic it is, like the more like to my core overly personal it is, the better it does. Like that's just, that's the magic thing for me. Like if overshare, I get a response. Sorry. Um, I, which is fine. Like it's such a simple go-to like, Oh, you don't know what to say in the song. Oh, you don't know what to caption this post. You don't know what to build the creative of your album around. Well, what's real to you? Like I have that conversation with myself every day. Every time I feel stuck, it's just like, what do you want to say? Like, what is, what are you actually feeling? Just do that. There's someone else who like needs to hear it. So I got to approach the song in that way. And, uh, yeah, now the story of the song is fully altered for me. Like other people and the situation I found myself in like changed the meaning of it for me, yeah. which is like, it's very cool. What an amazing thing to be able to, because I don't think that I've heard of a situation where you almost got to experience your own song as your fans get to experience it because you weren't thinking about it someone else was thinking about it in the way that you needed to be thinking about it at that time and brought it to you because you probably wouldn't have been sitting there in tears that morning and been like, I need to listen to some Bailey Bryan and get myself pumped up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't get sad and then think like, I know I'm going to listen to my song. Um, I don't do that, but it was like somebody else telling me like, Hey bitch, take your own advice. Like yeah. that was, he didn't know she was doing that, but when my manager sent it to me, 
it was exactly what I needed. And it was that like, just like seeing other people receive the song so well, right in that moment, it just drove it. It drove the message home to me. Uh, yeah, it is crazy. And it's just, I, I wouldn't have wanted it to happen any other way. I wouldn't have wanted the song to get this attention right when it came out, because then I would be missing out on this. Um, I don't know, this like connection with the people listening to it that I really need. Um, so we, um, as soon as the song started kind of getting traction and literally just this morning, I found out it's number 17 on the Spotify US viral chart, which I don't really? even know how that it's like above the Justin Bieber song that just came out, which I know for a fact that song is getting more streams. So tell me how that works. I don't understand, but like, whatever, I'm on the list. Like this stuff like keeps happening and I'm just like praying every single day. I'm like, let it keep, just let it keep going up. Don't, don't let the momentum stop. Um, but something that my, my team wanted to do as soon as we found out that the song was like getting some traction just on TikTok, they were like, we should put out a new version of it. Like, should we do like a, should we do like an acoustic version or a live version or whatever? And I was like, I want to do a sensitive version. Nice. I want to make the song that sounds like how I feel right now, which how I feel right now is like, I still have my confidence. I still know that if, if someone loses me, like it's their loss, like they're losing something, you know, like, I still have that, but I'm in my feelings. Like I'm hurting a little bit. Like I, I, the whole point of sensitive bad bitch music is to acknowledge both of those things, like on whatever level that you're feeling them. So I was like, let's make a version. Let's flip it. Let's make the track feel kind of somber and lean more into like my R and B side with it. And then I wrote an entirely new bridge for it just to be like, basically just for like the dude I just broke up with to hear and know that this version is about <laughs> Um, which I don't even have any like ill feelings toward. <laughs> we might get back together. I don't fucking know. But yeah. I, but I was like, this is gonna like, I want people to know how I'm feeling right now. So that literally just came out uh, today. And I'm hoping that like now people will hear that and be like, Oh, great. I have a version of the song that will match either one of my moods. I love that. Is that the are we getting the sensitive version today? You are getting the guitar version today. Okay, uh, yeah, this is Play With Me, the acoustic version. Man, I swear you got a radar. It goes off when I start moving on. Could be a liar with a snake. Or still an angel, I'm unstable when you turn me on. So I'ma have to go and set you back to do not disturb. I can't relax you, ghost, and then you have to have the last word. So tell me why you thinking you can't come around me with all this different, always switching energy. It's childish and tiring to say the least that you act all innocent. Like, ooh, you want to ride the wave with me. Ooh, you want to spend the day with me. Ooh, but then don't text me till it's time to fall asleep. Boy, you don't see you play yourself when you play with. Ooh, you want to ride the wave with me. Ooh, you want to spend the day with me. Ooh, but then don't text me till it's time to fall asleep. Boy, you don't see you play yourself when you play with me. Pretty boy, where did you come from? Hit me like a sucker punch. Feeling like a bitch that ever seen a bitch snap. Yeah, well, you about to. I'ma change my whole mood. Just like I told you. Tell me why you thinking you can come around me. With all these different, always switching energy. It's childish and tiring to say the least. That's why I don't trust these men. Like, ooh, you want to ride the wave with me? Ooh, you want to spend the day with me? Ooh, but then don't text me till it's time to fall asleep. Boy, you don't see you play yourself when you play with Ooh, you want to ride the wave with me? Ooh, you want to spend the day with me? Ooh, but then don't text me till it's time to fall asleep. Boy, you don't see you play yourself when you play with me. Good job. Sorry, I muted oh, my mic you. there. That was so good. You're fine. 
<laughs> Thank you. I can't believe how just like clean it sounds. And then, so going back to like writing songs before, did you play around with your vocal range as much as you seem to be on these newer songs? Have you always kind of done that? No, I don't. I don't think so at all. I've really, because I've really never considered myself like an outstanding vocalist by any means. Like I always, like I was an alto in school choir. I was like, I got my range is this big, and that's what I got. And I don't, I don't have a lot of like melodic capabilities. But then, with uh, this new stuff, I've kind of, I did start playing around with it a lot, and I found like. I really like the super low range of my voice and I really like the very high like staccato head voice range like the mm -hmm. polar opposite kind of like where I like to live in it because I don't I don't really have like a belt with my voice I don't have that like massive chest voice um so for me it's been about like figuring out like but like I can do cool things with my voice and I can create something signature like with what I can do yeah. I didn't do that before. I was like I can't really sing I'm just going to stay here. You know, that's like how I felt genuinely. Yeah, I know what you mean. But you know what? There's something, there's patterns here. There's sensitive, bad bitch. There's, I've got my high range. I've got my low range. Yeah. And when you sing the verses, the words that correspond with those correspond with sensitivity or bad bitch. And uh, I don't, it's a subconscious thing that's happening, but you're onto something here. So keep rolling with it, Bailey, Brian. And that I did that on purpose. Good. Um, and I'm going to be like, it's high voice or it's low voice. It's sensitive or it's bad bitch. But guess what? It all actually, it seems opposite, but it goes together. That's the lesson. Fully intentional. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely love it. I can't thank you enough for spending some time with me. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, Bailey Bryan, just keep doing you. It's going to just keep on being successful. I know it. you're really, really talented and just uh -huh. lovely to chat with. Thank you so much, man. Well, you as well. I really appreciate you having me on here and caring about the songs. It's It's been really nice to talk about them in depth. So I appreciate it. Huge thank you to Bailey for coming on the show and diving into her story and some of her songs. Phenomenal talent. Can't wait to see what the future holds for her. As always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Thank you very much. Get your song back. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.